Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier The Cottage on the Moor Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 9. The Door Astrid sat on the floor of her cell, having risen uneasily from another deep slumber brought on by the scanning device. The gaggle of scavengers was nowhere to be seen. The burnt-out remains of the device they had placed on her head lay in the corner, and the table on which she had been laying remained in the middle of the room, the straps that had held her arms and legs seemingly ripped apart by the final outburst from the scanner. There was a warped wooden door on the wall opposite her, and sunlight was straining into the room through a few rotted planks of wood which served as a roof. The orb that once illuminated the room had gone. Her head was aching from the exertion of having her mind trawled through for information. The grotty room drifted in and out of focus as her tired eyes struggled to remain open. When she closed them, the room would linger in her mind's eye momentarily before fading to darkness but each time something else seemed to be stirring in the recess of her consciousness. Gradually it overtook her once again, the rockfall on the far side of the hill. It was bathed in daylight now, the fine detail of the rough-hewn rocks clearer than it had been before. It lingered, waiting for something. Deep below the ground it was stirring once more, pulsating out a warning. It was afraid. Trying to understand the source of the unrest, Astrid found she could manipulate the image recurring in her mind and panned up to see the brow of the hill, where the professor was waiting. She looked so tired and wary of her surroundings. Ah, oh, prof, Astrid said to herself sadly. She lingered on her friend's face for a few moments longer, until she noticed her eyes glancing to one side, aware she was not alone on the hill. She turned on the spot, and Astrid cried at the sight of the blonde woman who had entered her cell some hours before. She said something to the professor, but her words were muted. The professor replied, and then took from her pocket a length of metal. The force beneath the ground screamed, and Astrid did the same. No! Don't! Professor, please, stay away! Her voice echoed around the dank cell, unheard. On the hill on the moor, Lorelei beamed at the sight of the second key. I knew it, she smiled. I'm glad I could lighten your day, the professor said humorously. Sorry, Lorelei conceded, trying to keep her grin under control. I had a fear Evie might have destroyed it, so it's rather thrilling to see it unmarked. With this she hesitated, and her smile dropped in an instant. It is unmarked, isn't it? Her hand instinctively reached up to take the key, but the professor pocketed it again. It's quite undamaged, she said shortly, and Lorelei's hand dropped back to her side. Shall we? Lorelei nodded and indicated down into the dell where the professor had first met Bill. They walked in silence, and the events of the previous day began to replay in the professor's mind. She blocked them out. Is it far? the professor asked. Frustratingly, no. 
said Lorelei with the hint of a chuckle. In fact, here we are. The professor regarded the rockfall with bafflement. Lorelei spoke before she had a chance to. Painfully obvious when you think about it, but all the best secrets are. The aftermath of a landslide, if I'm not mistaken, the professor observed. For the most part, you are not, Lorelei confirmed as she began to clamber over the rocks. To anyone passing, it's just a rather bleakly beautiful mound of stones. Nobody would look twice. So where is the archive? asked the professor, in no mood for foolery. Would you believe? Lorelei smiled, approaching the largest of the boulders sitting on the side of the hill. It's behind the door. Which is? Open to anyone with a key, Lorelei said simply, taking the strip of metal from her pocket and walking calmly forwards, straight through the seemingly impervious stone and disappearing from view. The professor's eyes widened in astonishment, and she ran up to the same rock, hands raised ahead of her. She pressed them gently against its surface, and the unmistakable feeling of cold, damp stone met them. She removed one hand, and then slowly reached into her pocket for the key. No sooner had her fingers brushed against it, the rock beneath her hand disappeared, and she staggered forwards. She found herself in a tunnel, lit by orbs of light hovering near the ceiling. She stumbled a few paces, but was saved from falling by Lorelei, who grabbed hold of her and helped her steady herself. Months searching the moor for some hatchway or rusty metal door set into the hillside, she said with a shake of her head, just like those two tricksters to hide it in plain sight. The arrogance. I must inquire as to how it works at some point, the professor said quietly her hands inspecting the great stone wall behind her, which, having let go of the key in her pocket, had returned to solid form. It's a simple matter of sonically attuned hard-light holograms, reeled off Lorelei, pocketing her own key. The signal for the key is magnified through the electrical impulses in your... At another point, the professor said curtly. Now, where is the archive? Lorelei regarded her silently, just for a moment, her face at once indignant but understanding. She raised a hand to indicate the tunnel. This way, I imagine. And then, following a pause, said, After you. The professor looked at the long stone tunnel ahead and took a few steps forward. Her feet crunched on a bed of loose stone chippings, but she quickly noted only one set of footprints could be heard disturbing the ground. A bolt of a warning rose through her mind, and slowing her pace, she looked down at her belt. Her dagger was missing. She ducked to one side, pivoted on the spot, and saw Lorelei lurch forward with the knife, having made to plunge it between the professor's shoulder blades. She snarled in frustration at having been caught, and quickly flung out her arm, slicing the dagger through the air towards the professor, who leapt aside once again. That's a rather nifty bit of sleight of hand, the professor grinned. What with that and walking through walls, you'd make quite the conjurer. Lorelei was no longer smiling. Give me the key, she demanded, the dagger pointing at the professor's throat. You know, I'm beginning to think Evie and Bill might have had good reason to cut ties with you, the professor continued, undaunted. Paranoia and greed, I believe you accuse them of. The rock's not the only one projecting around here, is it, dear heart? Lorelei ignored her. Hand it over. Now. The professor slowly reached into her pocket and pulled out the archive key. She held it up and then dropped it onto the ground. Whoops, she said flatly. Lorelei tightened her grip on the dagger and watched as the professor raised both hands up in surrender and slowly began to step aside. 
Lorelei followed her with the knife, and the two circled around the fallen key. Eyes fixed on her, the professor watched as Lorelei bent down to pick up the strip of metal, and then the moment came. For the briefest interval Lorelei dropped her gaze to look at the key, and the professor struck. She kicked out hard and connected with Lorelei's arm, causing her to drop the dagger. When her other hand instinctively shot up to hold the injured arm, the professor leapt forward, snatching up the key. Lorelei elbowed her hard in the head with her good arm, and the professor keeled over. She saw Lorelei scrabbling for the knife, but managed to kick it further along the tunnel. In an instant she was upon Lorelei, pinning her to the ground while she kicked furiously in retaliation. The professor reached into Lorelei's coat pocket and took out the other archive key. No sooner had she grasped it, Lorelei threw her off, and she landed with a force against the stone wall. Her head pounded in agony, but she staggered to her feet as Lorelei renewed her attack, throwing herself at the hand now holding both keys. Managing to place an arm around her assailant, the professor held the keys high in the air and then threw them both at the boulder blocking the entrance of the tunnel. They sailed through it and found themselves back on the moor. The instant return to daylight made the professor close her eyes, and the two women tumbled onto the rocks. They became disentangled, and the professor once again got to her feet, aching all over. Lorelei had not travelled so far down the landslide, and was now between the professor and the tunnel entrance. She too was standing, panting angrily for breath. "'Steady on now, old thing,' said the professor calmly. "'You'll do yourself a mischief on these rocks.' Lorelei said nothing, but let out a guttural scream of rage and dived towards the professor, who, unable to simply deflect her and send her tumbling onto the rocks, once again grabbed hold of her. With a swift kick she took Lorelei's legs out from under her and let her drop to the ground awkwardly. Seizing her chance, the professor bounded up the rockfall and, not looking back, jumped through the airsat's boulder and into the tunnel. She allowed herself to stop for breath and sank to her knees, exhausted. Then, Overcome by a greater purpose, she stood and walked determinedly along the stone tunnel, still grasping both of the keys. At the other end of the passageway was another sheer rock surface. The professor didn't flinch as she held out the keys and walked through it. On the other side was a small chamber, lit once again by floating orbs of glowing energy. In the middle of the room, raised on three stone steps, was a podium made of a heavy dark metal. Atop the podium was a bronze sphere, which the professor could see was embossed with patterns she thought resembled land masses. It might well have been Earth, though this far into the future the layout of the continents was alien to her. Either side of the globe was a rectangular hole. Instinctively she took a key in each hand and slid them into the recesses of the orb. A cylinder of pale blue light rose up from the ground surrounding her, and the sphere began to blaze like a comet. The archive was opening. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, The Cottage on the Moor, an unbound theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson with music by Kevin MacLeod.